Welcome to Karate Kid Minute, a podcast where we discuss the original 1984 classic, The Karate Kid, one revelatory minute at a time. I'm Robin. And I'm Matt. And joining us one more time this week from Cobra Kai Companion is Brianna. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> this is uh, Minute 78 of The Karate Kid. It begins with, <laughs> and it ends with uh, some shadow chopping. I thought it ends with levitation. <laughs> levitation? How so? <laughs> well, I was going to bring it up at the end, but I'll talk about it now. Doesn't doesn't the minute end where he's, like, hopping off the uh, the deck and he's, like, in midair? For me, at least, it seemed like that. <laughs> it was yeah, like, maybe. It was like he, he hopped off the desk, and then I, I looked at the timer. I was like, oh, there's the next minutes, and I paused it. <laughs> And he hadn't landed yet, so I'm I'm looking forward to the next minute to see if he lands okay or not off the deck. Does he stick the landing? Yeah, does he stick the landing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my minute ends with him just walking off, uh, okay. shadow chopping as I... <laughs> um, all right, we left off with Miyagi showing Daniel how these menial tasks are paying off. And he asks uh, Daniel to show me paint the fence now uh, after doing the wax on wax off uh, and now Miyagi is throwing a high punch and then a low punch while bellowing uh, so my first question is um, are ninjas just karate experts that are more introverted <laughs> think on that for a minute uh, they're not very talkative they don't want to yell well, a lot. isn't ninjutsu its own form of martial art yes okay it Thank you. So they don't know karate. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, this is this is what I'm not the expert in. And I've admitted it from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> it, there's actually a ninjutsu, like ninjas follow ninjutsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Am I just embarrassing but, myself? Well, actually, I, is that a real martial art though? Is that a fictional martial Ooh, art? I like See, I don't know. That's why I was asking. Yeah. I mean, well, Matt is classically, classically ninjas do do ninjutsu. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to have to Google it. Yeah. Google doo-doo as well. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to call attention to the fact that I said doo-doo, but all right. <laughs> well, now that we said it a second time, I'll just say it for the third time. You said doo-doo. Uh, <laughs> but it's Friday, you know, we're, we're hanging loose. Oh my God, you guys remind me of my children. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but I don't, yeah, I mean, my, my question, I mean, past a dumb joke, uh, I met several dumb jokes later. Um, why all the bellowing? I mean, does, it, does this kind of alert your enemy that an attack is coming? Yeah, but not from where. <laughs> That's true. And and it's been it's been proven that that's a that's what a key eye is. It's it's been proven that if you release a key eye when you attack, it does land with more impact. Like you you're able to hit harder when you yell. <laughs> okay. Or it has to be key eye. Can it be or, just or when you make a sound of some sort, like even if it's like you know just something. From a physics standpoint, it makes sense because you're putting at you're putting energy into more than one outlet of your body. Mm-hmm. So that's going to make the whole thing move more powerfully. Yeah. So can I say, can I, can I just yell farfic Nugan and, and, uh, and throw a kick and it'd be like even more forceful? Um, I don't know that that would work because you actually have to inhale to get that third F out in farfic Nugan. Farfic Nugan. I'm going to do it all in one breath. 
It's a bit complicated. I think it might draw your attention away from your punch a little bit. <laughs> right. Brianna, you don't just come in here and drop a challenge on whether I can say Farfetch knew he did one breath and just think he can walk out of here. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm just uh, heartily reassured that you're old enough to know what the crap Farfetch Nugent is. <laughs> so even though I am sure I am the oldest person on this podcast again, <laughs> as I usually am, you're not all that much younger than me. No, no. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not that much older than me. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, update on ninjutsu. It looks oh, yeah, like great, looks like it probably was a real style, but uh, didn't survive. Probably didn't survive past the 16th century. Some schools claim to be the legit, the only legitimate heir of the art, but ninjutsu is not centralized like modernized martial arts such as judo or karate. Uh, Toga Kure Ryu claims to be the oldest recorded form of ninjutsu and claims to have survived past the 16th century. But are you saying that? Crap. I mean, only only people that practice ninjutsu can wear a mask. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't, get, I, I, don't, I don't get your reference. Well, I'm really, you know, I, I, I say ninja at the top of the podcast because I was just thinking, like, you know, you know, silent guys that jump out of the rafters and yeah. kick your butt. Um, but you can't be literally called a ninja unless you're practicing ninjutsu. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to. Uh, the I think there's a whole lot of stuff involved in becoming a ninja. Um like to the point that there's only been one in America. Is that right? Michael Dudikoff? Uh, no, I don't think the American Ninja movie was actually realistic in the slightest. <laughs> That's not a biography. I don't think so. I think though that we did have one American man that went over and became a ninja. Oh wow! I think I'm not sure. As close as you can become to a ninja nowadays. Right, right. <laughs> since it, it apparently we haven't had any real ones since you know the 16th century. So. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming if you're a ninja, you end up doing illegal things like breaking and entering, at least, you know. Yeah. So it's, you it's, know an, ninja. it's a strategy or a tactic. It's a, it's unconventional warfare, guerrilla warfare, espionage, that sort of thing. You know, free running, disguise, escape, concealment, archery, medicine. <laughs> or you <laughs> could just be Jessica Alba. <laughs> like Dark Angel. God, I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> um. But anyway, back in the Karate Kid world, uh, now we go on to uh, Miyagi telling him to show him side to side, and that's when Miyagi throws more punches. And I like this this cool thing that uh, you know, side to side, Daniel's kind of like pushing the fists away to the to the sides of him, using his spaghetti arms. <laughs> yeah, spaghetti arms and chicken legs. That's my baby. <laughs> I think paint the fence looks like the most painful of blocks. Like I, I, the back of my wrist blocking yeah, that's things. Not effective. <laughs> yeah, I think that the 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 up would probably yeah. hurt way worse than the down. Yeah. But I, I, that seems like a pretty vulnerable part of the body. Yeah. When I was taught to block high, I was taught to block with the forearm. Um, and then this next seems is, a little breakable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next is uh, sand the floor, and this time Miyagi throws some kicks at him. Uh, which, uh, you know, luckily Daniel is ready to block it with uh, sand the floor. But now sand the floor is like our huge circles. 
Hmm. Yeah, you notice that too? That yeah. it, it got way bigger between the first time and this one, yes. Yeah. And again, uh, these these techniques are totally ineffective. There's no need to make an entire circle <laughs> before you get around to blocking the kick. You just shoot your arm straight down and block the kick. Right. If you don't telegraph it, the guy's not going to know that you're getting ready to block his kick that he hasn't thrown yet. <laughs> Um, and so after a few block kicks, oh, this is another good one. Uh, Miyagi lets out another grunt, and it, it sounds like a shush. <laughs> he's he got possessed. <laughs> it's like a I don't know, like he's just like, you know, he the 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 engine's revving down, you know. <laughs> yeah. But actually, that's that's a trick because now Miyagi launches a series of punches and kicks at Daniel. Uh, and I counted off uh, wax on, wax off, paint the fence, side to side, and then sand the floor. He did those, did all four in a row. Um, in some interviews, uh, Pat says, uh, he's, he mentions that they did this, they were, they were filming this scene at 2.30 or 3 in the morning. Whoa. <laughs> they did that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, Ralph's quote says, we worked that scene. Avildsen was like, do it again, do it again. Can't be fast enough, can't be sure enough, can't be quick enough, can't be sharp enough. And he couldn't be right enough because it was a beautiful payoff. So, yeah, if that's... you ignore that Ralph completely missed Pat's hand on the first punch and just keep <laughs> going, yes. <laughs> oh, now I got to look for this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Oh, wait, no, I'm, now he's slapping him in the head. I've gone too far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part though. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you don't really see it out of the you don't you don't it's out of you don't see that first uh oh wait, there we go. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he completely missed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it happened so fast that yeah. in the theater in 1984, as dark as that screen was, nobody noticed that then. <sighs> And again, this is this was probably shown in the trailers, but I'm sure it just hit, you know, in the theaters, like made you want to jump to your jump to your feet. Well, yeah, and I mean, there, there's there's something sometimes to be said for that, because, like the Conjuring, right? There's a scene in the trailer where the witch walks up and claps her hands right next to the the mother's head as mm -hmm. she's looking down the basement stairs. Right. Yes. It's in the trailer. Yeah. And I still jumped out of my seat in the theater <laughs> when Bathsheba walked up and clapped her hands. You know, it, it, like I knew it was coming and it still scared me. Yeah. So, I wonder sometimes, um, you know, it, it especially drives me nuts. You know, I have to get off on a tangent on trailers, but it drives me nuts sometimes when I go to uh, a theater and I go see uh, a comedy and the biggest laughs are the ones in the that you already heard in the trailer. And it's like, it's like um, trailers almost program you to laugh along, at least for the bits that are familiar to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, kind of, I, I like, I don't know, as a kind of uh, a snooty theater patron, I will intentionally not laugh at the stuff that I've already <laughs> seen in the, because it's not funny to me anymore because I already laughed at it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, though? I think that's why Johnny's I don't give a bleep line keeps ending up in the trailers. But it's still funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. No matter how many times you hear him say that, just the smile on his face when he says it is more than enough. 
you get more context <laughs> when you're actually watching the movie or TV show. So it's yeah. it's okay to laugh again. You've got more context so. this time. Yeah, you don't have to be snooty about it. You can just embrace <laughs> the fact that it entertains you. Yeah, a whole theater full of people <laughs> laughing, and Rob is just like, "Boo!" Yeah, you guys are <laughs> laughing like this is the first time you've heard this. How dumb you are! Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, this is this is a huge moment. This, uh, I, 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 I love this. Uh, the the fact that all, it all's come together and. You know, and Daniel is, uh, you know, speaking of programming, like Daniel is programmed to respond. Uh, in, in, well, at least moving his arms uh, around. I'm, I assume it's it, this is new to him now that he's doing these moves with someone attacking him. <laughs> so. His form needs a little work, but um, he does the basic rudimentaries of not getting punched in the face. <laughs> yes. So that's progress, right? Training complete. Don't come back tomorrow. Right. When I mean, he's, said, he's, he's capable of, of no longer, you know, uh, stopping Johnny's fist with his face. So um, <laughs> th- he doesn't need anything else. <laughs> when you uh, when you said his form could use some more work, I swear I heard Matt do the final seconds Miyagi smiling and nodding as, <laughs> after you said that. It's just so you know, he, that's been his... That's been his thing. Uh, <laughs> when does it ever not need work? Uh, well, I mean, you know, Billy got cast because he was a wrestler and a really, really good actor. So he, he looked the part. Ralph got cast because he was a dancer. Yeah. He could sell it. And he was graceful. It was a, a huge part of it. I mean, also the fact that he's a fantastic actor. But um, he can sell it without it being perfect. Mm. And they needed as much as he was going to have to do. They needed someone who could do that. So, so uh, yeah. After uh, the, as Ralph calls it, the beautiful payoff, uh, Miyagi then bows and then kind of grunts <laughs> to uh, signal uh, Daniel to do the same. Um, and uh, uh, so Daniel bows low. But then Miyagi slaps him in the back of the head and tells him to look him in the eye. Always look eye. One of my favorite Miyagi moments ever. How many times has he wanted to smack this kid in the head since the day he met him and he finally got to do it? It's so funny because he actually hits him. And, uh, you know, watching the rehearsals uh, for this scene, he does cuff him one in the back of the head. It's, you can hear it. You can hear it. Uh we did some uh, we did some research on 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 bowing and etiquette actually shows that you should bow lower than your master but maybe it's different in uh, combat like you're supposed to keep those your eyes locked on the other person's eyes yeah uh, well oh. I think Daniel does end up below him horizontally mm-hmm. it, it just he didn't want him to bow his head he doesn't want him to submit to anyone right. And as soon as you bow your head to someone, you're submitting to them. And he doesn't want that. And uh, then they both bow again. And now they have the eye contact. And I just love Miyagi finally just kind of gives him this, like he drops the the coldness and he gives him this kind of warm fatherly look um, and says, come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I just oh, it makes me makes me smile. I, I, I love Mr. Miyagi. I love how fatherly he is. And just, uh, you know, there's love behind there. There's not just cold and, you know, uh, 
he has no feelings at all. I think he's he's got some love for Daniel. Oh, if if you wanted to get me off on a on a topic, I could speak about for hours. It's Daniel and Mr. Miyagi's relationship. <laughs> I'm fascinated by it. It is one of the most beautiful father son relationships I've ever seen mm. portrayed, and they're not afraid of it. I mean, he's a 15 year old kid. Mr. Miyagi's you know 60 years old or so. Uh, 59 at the time, but mm-hmm. um, he's not afraid to hold him. He's not afraid to hug him and cradle him like a child. And I love that because usually by the time kids in movies get to be 15, 16 years old, their parents don't want to do that and they don't want to let them. Right. Yeah. I, and then, and it, it's interesting how um, they do this without filling in the b- big blank, which is where's dad? You know, where's his real dad? They never actually say. They never say do where. say. Yeah, the the assumption I can remember that I made anyway, and I think a lot of people did, was that his parents were divorced, and that's why they left so fast. Yeah, that yeah. he and Lucille were running from his dad. How interesting would that be for like a later Cobra Kai season? That uh, Daniel's dad comes rolling into town like a New Jersey Sato looking for Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> You've yeah, escaped we... the family. We know where Daniel's dad is. Daniel watched him die. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> was holding his hand. I don't think they faked out the eight-year-old. Um, but, I mean, in the early 80s, that was the the conclusion that I think most of us would have drawn, the, the you know, those of us that were kids in the 80s, because we saw so many of our uh, and people around us, and sometimes even ourselves, you know, their parents' marriage fell apart in the 70s, and... They were the children of divorce, and we were like the first generation that really had that high a percentage that that's what we expected. Right. Um, which, you know, up until then, it always you expected them to have, you expected everyone to have two parents. And after the 80s, it's like, you know, you kind of expect them not to. So, uh, so yeah. Um, after that, Miyagi walks away while Daniel's standing there stunned. And I love that Daniel's got this like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost feel like he's going to be, he, he might want to shout back after Miyagi, like, hey, can we do that again? <laughs> that was awesome. How did I do that? <laughs> I love the whoa moment. To me, this is probably one of the most powerful uh, 60 seconds in the whole movie. Yeah. Because Daniel goes from so completely clueless and scared and worried and nervous and angry to realizing that he is about to become everything he wants to be. Yep. And uh, it only took four days. It's that easy. <laughs> it was not four days. <laughs> he says four days when he's yelling at Miyagi. <laughs> well, I mean, he did four days worth of work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's this small thing called school. Yeah. Yep. Which he would have had to have been going to. So all of these all day sessions had to be on the weekends. Right, right. It's a little confusing. It uh, we were we were thinking about like maybe maybe at this point it's Thanksgiving break or <laughs> I don't know. No, this is like a week after Halloween. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you got you got Veterans, Veterans Day, Day in there, right? Sort of four day weekend thing. I don't know. Yeah. We know the alley date was definitely on a Saturday. It's, it's on a Friday. No, it was Saturday. Ooh, you're, don't check don't check the wiki because uh, I've been told <laughs> they're. They don't yeah, know. they're they're not good. Um, <laughs> but uh, hang uh, on, no, 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 it's the second one. It's the second one. I got it. I've got it mixed up. I've got it mixed up. The second uh, one. Okay. When when they try to make the date, 
that he's supposed to pick her up at the country club. That's on Friday. Right. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I do want to mention here before we uh, move off uh, Alpha this minute, uh, there's actually a deleted scene they cut out. Uh, let me describe it. Uh, basically, uh, after this scene, uh, we flash to uh, like the next morning and Lucille wakes up, uh, puts a robe on, and then she walks to Daniel's door and knocks and there's no answer. So she opens the door. Daniel's not there, but his bed is made. And then Lucille walks to the kitchen, calling his name, and she sees that there's no Daniel, but the room is half-painted. And on one of the walls that's not painted, Daniel left a big painted message that says, to be continued. (laughs) (laughs) And Lucille looks, like, super happy. (laughs) So I love the fact that he's just, like, he did this. He's so pumped and charged by this. He's just like, I'm just going to work on this all night. What can I paint? What can I paint? <laughs> I'll pa- oh, I'll paint my, uh, you know, the the apartment we're renting, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, he definitely doesn't need to get the uh, maintenance man's permission, right? I mean, <laughs> really? Mr. Maggie would let him paint every apartment in the joint at this point. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Mom, I messed up. I, I sanded your car instead of waxing it. Oops. <laughs> but it was, was three just... in the morning. I was a little tired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, again, I... I you know, might as well repeat this joke again and again on this podcast, but I'm waiting for Miyagi to ask him to show him fix the pool. <laughs> At some point, someone did fix the pool because when when he and Lucille walk back in after uh-huh. their fight outside Mr. Me, there's water in it. Oh, I don't you can see the reflection of it up on the side. Okay. All right. So it's like they filled it back up for the people that lived there. Um so they could keep filming the movie. They just never show the pool again. <laughs> but I mean, they, they couldn't leave it empty for the people that live there. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I just assumed that that's what it looked like. But no, I think there was some behind the scenes stuff that I read that John Avildsen's told them to kind of empty the pool. So yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. Um, all right. So, uh, it is Friday and this is the part where we do let our guests go off on whatever tangent they want. We're just kind of in general, like, you know, is there anything about any of the sequels or, uh, the remake, the, the cartoon series, the, and of course, Cobra Kai that you want to call out as something that, you know, you especially love or especially whatever, have any strong feelings about (laughs) Um, giving me a blank slate is a really <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I mean, hmm. what would my typical answer? But what's my favorite thing? My favorite thing about everything Karate Kid and or Cobra Kai is Daniel LaRusso. <laughs> That's about it. Um, I mean, there's there's a whole lot more to it than that. There's the storytelling and there's the emotional depth and vulnerability like i said that you know the the letting mr miyagi and daniel actually express physical affection toward each other without it being weird or something to be ashamed of right um lucille i love her and i love that daniel married his mother um (laughs) and i love that his mother and his wife fight about daniel Um, (laughs) that's awesome I I love his kids. I love that he looks like on the outside, he looks like he's got everything together and he's got this perfect life, but he's 
broken as hell. Um, and he still is. I love that. We've been talking on our uh, Cobra Kai uh, bonus episodes, uh, just trying to figure out what happened with Anthony. What, so what do you think happened with Anthony? Why is Anthony so completely different <laughs> than the rest of the family? I don't think Anthony is necessarily that much different. Because if you look at the defiance and as exasperated as his parents get with him, he's Daniel, but he's yeah. Daniel before we met him. Um, and he's also Daniel who still has a father. Oh, that's I, true. When, when I look at Anthony and, and everybody's like, oh, you know, it's Sam that's so much. No, I don't think Sam is much like Daniel. I really don't. Because she's not as in your face and she's not got as smart a mouth. And she's, you know, she she does tend to stop and think things out, which definitely makes her much more Amanda. Anthony does whatever he wants to do and says whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it and say it. And that is Daniel. One hundred percent. I don't know. I just feel like Daniel had a little bit more respect for his mom. <laughs> Like where he's yelling at yelling at them to give him drink, give me a drink. <laughs> yeah, and I think that I think a lot of that though came from the development of losing his dad. Yeah, as yeah, young as he did, um, he would have, you know, he would have he would have grabbed a hold of of Lucille and held on to her as tight as he possibly could. He'd already lost one parent; he would couldn't couldn't possibly yeah. lose another. But then you listen to him; the first words we hear out of his mouth, he's throwing a temper tantrum all the way across the country. <laughs> from New Jersey to California, this child is throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> and that's Anthony. That's true. That's true. Um, what do you think about uh, the next karate kid? What do you think about Julie? I mean, you you love Daniel LaRusso. Is a movie without Daniel LaRusso, uh, should it be called The Karate Kid? No. <laughs> um, I have watched it once. Peter made me. <laughs> we did a uh, live reaction view of it on Facebook one time. Oh, wow. And I had, I knew enough about it going in that I knew that the canon of the next karate kid and the canon of the first three movies conflict with each other. And well, there's the name of Miyagi's one thing, I guess. Well, yeah, there's Nariyoshi becomes what Katsuni, and then they took it back to Nariyoshi again because that was the one that that was his name first. Mm -hmm. um, Katsuni or Titsuki, I can't remember which. It was one of the two. Kisuki, Kisuki. Um, and but they they took everything he had told Daniel that he'd never taught anyone that it was always father to son. They took this this relationship that he had built with Daniel and they made it all a lie. They made it all a lie. Wait, how so? Because Mr. Miyagi taught Julie's grandfather. Oh, I see. Yeah. So for that to be that. true means that Mr. Miyagi was lying to Daniel <laughs> from the very beginning. Now, when you look at the keeping secrets from him and whatever's going on with him and Chosen in, in coming up in season three, um, you know, the little bitty hints that we've gotten that there's this big secret Mr. Miyagi kept. I'm nervous because yeah. I do know that they consider the next Karate Kid canon and they have said that Daniel knows Julie. Which would mean that Mr. Miyagi already lied to Daniel, and Daniel doesn't know. And well, I, can't I don't know. I would. That. 
I would, I see, yes, uh, I, I, he definitely taught Julie's dad, but I felt it was like almost like a, like a friend to friend thing, like a peer thing, like, you know, showing him in, in that, in that Daniel is his first like student. I don't yeah, know. yeah, but I mean, I, Daniel doesn't splitting hairs. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't put any. He says, "Have you ever taught anyone?" It's a very straightforward question. Yeah. To which Mr. Miyagi should have said, "Yes," <laughs> except Robert Mark Kamen wanted nothing to do with the next Karate Kid, so they hired somebody who literally wrote one other movie, and they were both really bad. <laughs> um, and he just made up all this stuff and threw it against the wall and reduces Daniel to, he doesn't even say his name. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a rights thing that he couldn't say his name. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I, I used to live with, well, he, he does, he does say his name. I used to live with my friend, Daniel song. Boys are easier. That's mm. it. That's Daniel. That's Daniel for the entire movie, right. um, which depending on, when the next Karate Kid takes place, Daniel is somewhere between 17 and 25. <laughs> you know? And he's <laughs> likely still living in Mr. Miyagi's house. Yeah. So what did he do when this old woman showed up and moved into his house? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, Mr. Miyagi says, oh, you've got your, you know, you got the place to yourself for a couple of weeks. Daniel-san, you know, don't throw any crazy parties, have fun, whatever. And a week and a half later, there's this old woman moving in. <laughs> he, he never calls him. He never talks to him. never thinks. I mean, nothing. And then Daniel spent, you know, a year and a half of his life trying to get some kind of um, emotional acknowledgement. I mean, he knew Mr. Miyagi loved him. And he knew he loved Mr. Miyagi and he was very secure in their relationship with each other, but he very badly wanted the man to hug him. Mm. And it took him over a year to get a hug out of Mr. Miyagi. And then he didn't even get one. He stole one, right? He like, jumps <laughs> in his arms and gives him no choice. <laughs> Julie, six weeks after he meets her, he's teaching her to waltz in the living room. This is not the same man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. I mean, if he did give him this, a different first name, maybe they were. <laughs> See, that's my, that's my, that, it, this is his evil twin brother <laughs> is the way I look. But I mean, it, yeah, so, there was yeah. just so much wrong with the next Karate Kid that conflicts with the first three movies. Well, I can't wait till we cover it. We're going to, we'll, we'll be nitpicking it, but uh, I do. Oh, and I don't do even get me started. Julie. On the um, don't even get me started on the the otherism and the racism going on in that movie, Oof. because it is off the charts. Yeah, it How is so? I don't remember. Infuriating. Just um, the is the bad guys talking to Mr. Miyagi or no no yeah. no 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 I mean because uh, there's a certain if the racism is coming from the bad guy, um, it's supposed to be bad, right? Yeah. It's like Terry Silver. And Mike Barnes calling Mr. Miyagi all those horrible, horrible names that they call him. Yeah. That's because they're the bad guys. Yeah. Right. Um, we have monks dancing to the cranberries. There's, I mean, you want to talk about the, the mystical <laughs> other trope. Oh, my God. These monks, <laughs> they're horrible. They're horrible. And, yeah, it's kind of cute that they kept, but they do a traditional, like, Tibetan dance to the cranberries in a barn. <laughs> And it's like, okay, that's ridiculous. But then when they go <laughs> bowling and one of them prays the ball out of the gutter into a strike. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Right. 
I don't know. I just think about that stuff and I laugh. I don't know. I, I don't think of it as otherism, but I guess it, it, it is. It was. It is awful. a bit of a. And yeah. I was I was watching it with Peter, and <sighs> Peter is Asian, and I'm just like, oh my god, Peter, what is going on? What is? And he's like, just keep going, just keep going, just don't talk about it, just keep going. And I'm like, no, Peter, what is going on in front of me? How did we get from, you know, exploring and celebrating the past of Asian Americans and talking about the 442nd and Manzanar and all of this stuff? How did we go from that to a monk praying a bowling ball out of the gutter? <laughs> I guess I was wrong when I said that the uh, healing the arm was the only instance of mystical <laughs> powers. Oh, my God. But uh, this, that one was not Robert Mark Kamen. That was that really crappy writer that only wrote two movies and they were both really bad. I can't even remember his name. To me, it's like it's like Superman, like the first the first one and then some of the second one take it pretty seriously. And then the rest of it is just ridiculousness. But I still love it. I still laugh at it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think part three. And I've said this many, many times. I think part three was supposed to be campy and funny and over the yeah. top and cartoony. I sure. don't think that. RMK actually paid attention to the fact that he spent two hours brainwashing a 16 year old. <laughs> yeah. Because that is some pretty deep mentally destructive stuff that he saddled Daniel with. And I don't think he knew he did it because he definitely didn't deal with it. Right. If he knew he did it, but that also left it open for them to have a completely broken Daniel for Cobra Kai. So yeah, that's such a great, oh, that's so Awesome, because we are talking about Cobra Kai in our bonus shows and uh, and just trying to figure out uh, where Daniel's coming from, especially. Um, uh, you know, we, we kind of see where Johnny's coming from, but you know, also just like, what's going on with Daniel these days? You know, why is he why is he acting the way it is? But I like that. I like that. Oh, yeah. And and like another thing that I've I've talked about quite a bit is um, when Daniel tells the kids the story about Karate Kid Part 3, he tells it wrong. <laughs> he he makes himself the bad guy hmm. um, and talks about this big fight and going looking for someone to train him and he went to Cobra Kai. No, he didn't. He agreed with Mr. Miyagi. He wasn't going to fight until Mike threatened to kill him and rape Jessica. Right. I, I, that wow. was not his fault. But he thinks it was, and he didn't go to Terry. Terry came after him. Hmm. Um, Daniel's PTSD has very little to do with Johnny. Right. It is Crease and Terry Silver and Mike Barnes. They messed with his head in ways that he still hasn't recovered from. Hmm. Well, jeez, uh, Brianna, we're going to have to have it come back again and again because we love. I love hearing all this stuff. There's all this stuff. I'm like, why did I forget this? I'm so happy to <laughs> oh. remind me of this. Stuff. Oh, if you get me started, um, mm. I don't stop. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, I uh, I bow to you, Brianna. I bow to you, Matt. I'm keeping my <laughs> eyes contact with your eyes. And uh, and uh, yeah, Brianna, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, oh, thank you so much Friday for Kitchen. having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> Uh, please let everybody know where they can hear uh, more of your uh, uh, fascinating intellect on the Karate Kid franchise. Well, um, for just me personally, um, I am Brianna25, and it's on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, archive of our own fanfiction.net. 
I make posters, I make music videos, and I write fan fiction. And I'm always on Twitter talking about Cobra Kai and the Karate Kids. So you can always find me there. Um, I'm back on Tumblr and I'm getting back on Facebook shortly. And then if you, for some reason, like listening to my voice babble on and on, <laughs> you can listen to me do it with uh, Peter Vonisak, the freaking legend, the PG version, um, on Cobra Kai Companion with a K, um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podbean. I think we're on iHeartRadio now. Um, and on Twitter, it's Cobra Kai Pod. On Instagram, it's Cobra Kai Podcast. And on Facebook, if you type in www Cobra, you'll find the Facebook group. But it's super long, and no one can remember the name. Even Peter can't. But <laughs> that's the Cobra Guy Companion Facebook group, and awesome. we're all there all day. <laughs> great, uh, and I, I I think it would be great if uh, we got both of you on on our podcast at sometime. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, it would be a lot of fun, but they'd yeah. be three hours long. You ever heard us? <laughs> we get going, and we kind of just keep going. We we feed each other. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I love him. He's everything. All right. Uh, well, thanks again. And uh, I want to let our listeners know, tune in next week when Daniel hits the waves. Uh, also, Matt's been teasing it over and over and over again, but me basically just like frustratingly saying, "Is is have you released that yet? This weekend, we're finally going <laughs> to release our special interview uh, with uh, – the legend, uh, Daryl Vidal. Uh, <gasps> so awesome talking with him. And it was a good one. We, re we recorded this months ago, but I wanted to wait till we are, you know, till we could see Daryl in the movie uh, <laughs> before we started talking about it. So uh, look forward to that. That means, yes, you're going to have Karate Kid Minutes all week. We got Cobra Kai, uh, Cobra Kai bonus episodes on Tuesday and Thursday, and you're going to have a bonus. You're feed for Karate Kid Men is going to be completely full. Uh, but uh, look forward to that. And until next time. Been busting my ass for four days. I haven't learned a goddamn thing. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs>